This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dean Amal Andraus. Thanks for listening. Today I'm speaking with Umberto Napolitano, who is currently an adjunct professor at Columbia GSAP, where he is teaching an advanced architecture studio called The Form of Density. The studio proposes the architectural project as a tool for civic and political engagement, and the students are exploring the architecture of the city, the autonomy of form, as well as narrative development. In addition to his teaching, Umberto is involved in a number of publications and film projects, as well as built work in France and across Europe, from social housing to the renovation of cultural centers, such as the Grand Palais in Paris. Hello, Umberto, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> I guess my first question is, uh, is about the title of your studio, the form of, the form of density, which is such an enti- interesting you know, title because it's really converging two aspects um, of architecture and urban thinking, which have, um, let's say, historically been kept somewhat um, distinct. Um, so I wanted to kind of explore that question a little bit um, with you. What are you converging um, um, through these two uh, two words and concepts, but also as a result of the incredible research that you've uh, done on Paris? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so as you say, the name of the studio is The Form of Density. And it comes from uh, this exhibition, which is ongoing now, which is called Haussmann uh, City Models. And the idea is, I mean, we, we all know today that we have to, to build dens. We have to build dens to share uh, resources, to save territory, to stop this horizontal expansion of the cities. Uh, and the point with the density is uh, until what point a, a dense system can be accepted by the users, by the citizen. And through the density, there is these two lines which are really clear. It's an objective density, how many meters square you have, how many people live there. Um, and then it's how people feel the density. What is incredible in, in Paris, which inspired this research that uh, we had made the last two years, is that Paris is the densest city in Europe and is between the 10 densest city in the world. Paris has 20,000 person per kilometer square, and in some districts it's 40,000, which means Shanghai, which means Mumbai. And uh, instead, in those last example, uh, the Chinese city, you feel the density as uh, something negative. In Paris, no one's make the link between the form of the city and the, and the density that form generate and the way this density is accepted. So. We try to understand in a really um, kind of scientific way why this form is accepted. And we did it uh, just starting to redraw, redesign, uh, classify, exploring as, a, I don't know how you say it in English, an entomologist, mm-hmm. as a scientist, like each small piece of the city, to understand in the end what makes these forms unique and to take, to take lessons for today. And, uh, and he was really enthusiastic, that gives back this uh, book and this exhibition. And we discover uh, a lot of things which are uh, uh, kind of in contrast 
with the practice that we are used to do today. The way we build today is totally issued by the, the modern culture, which has made a tabula rasa on the 19th century city. And, and through this uh, kind of political act of uh, just go back and see what we, we forgot uh, or what this past can teach us, we try to make a statement and we, we try to make the point and try to learn the maximum from that system. And so we decide at the beginning of the semester to translate that in a, in a studio. And the idea is to apply all the knowledge we had through this research in a concrete, a specific situation. So we, we choose two sites, which has become one at the end in Paris, where we can uh, test how you can... Uh, the big lesson of all this study is that the acceptability of the density passed by imagining and designing the void. The void in the city is the place where the individuality and collectivity find their own intersection. Through the void, you can read the history of architecture when you start to compare it to the urban form. And so the idea was how we can imagine projects where the built part, instead to respond a sample question or an answer or a program, is, uh, is just the tools we have to design this void in the city, which is the place of sharing, which is what we call the public, where, where everyone's meet, where the culture is done, where the way you live the city is uh, expressed. And so it's kind of enthusiastic, also the result. Uh, I mean, we are close to the end of the studio, and I'm really surprised by... Uh, but then we take that and we bring it in America, and, uh, and I'm kind of surprised of what is going on now. Let's see in two weeks. But it's interesting. Well, it's very interesting because, uh, in a way, you're sort of bringing back or, or taking the conversation about the void out of the building, right, out of bigness, and, and, and bringing it back into the city. Uh, and so questions of morphology, uh, uh, rather than designing buildings as if they are cities, actually designing cities to produce the architecture, right? And um, it, it's, so it, in that sense, it's quite um, unique for, of course, the U.S., where this is a, a fabric of objects, uh, well, you know, or, or fields, rather than the design um, through a kind of um, solid void or um, um, figure ground. Um, and so how did you find that the students are... And of course, all, not all the students are American, so they come with their, you know, background. So, what, you know, how is the void, uh, or you know, considered um, across the studio, for example? No, but that, that's clear that uh, um, we highlight that point at the very beginning of the studio. We all know that the American system is the expression of. Uh, uh, plots that become buildings and become higher and higher or, or anyway it's it's really like an addition of object and uh, instead the European history teach us that whatever is your act as an architect you are just a piece of a puzzle which is larger than you and so in a certain way we start from the puzzle to arrive in the object and, uh, and it was this confrontation between uh, between the American and the European culture it's also what we can leave after capitalism. I mean, the, the, the entire process of uh, uh, what's an architect now and uh, how do you practice, how do you consider the, uh, this kind of branding things or, 
or uh, make landmark icons, etc., etc. That was uh, for me. I mean, it's it's really like the way I was educated and I grew up. I, I studied in the ninety, and in the ninety was this very moment where uh, architecture forget the city in a certain sense, and they start to become object also. I mean, in in, in a kind of a global scale, and, and now it's interesting because. Uh, through the students, we are in this intersection where uh, we have to make choice and give priority or to the city or to the object. Anyway, we have to build a narrative which is uh, between these two uh, parallel worlds. And it's interesting because it's, for me it's the mirror of uh, the actual moment in architecture where we, and when I said we, it's like a lot of people, uh, we are in this phase where compared to the older generation, uh, we reinsert the architecture in the field of the city. And the city becomes a new time a priority. Because also the, the city is why architecture exists. Uh, architecture is something that is there to uh, put together resources and people. And this is the, the aims of cities. I mean, they, the community people, they start to live together to defend themselves from another community or to share resources or object or whatever and, and then in this process in this very process which we forget for a while um, I'm really in, I don't know which is the end of the process because we are totally into the in this exploration but it's interesting because for me it's a dialogue that is totally contemporary which are the priority which is behind the, the built act and which will define this act and this is the uh, it's a long time that we don't say that architecture is politics, but by that fact, everything in our work and in our discipline is totally politics because it's the base of the the way community lives. And, and so we, the consciousness of that is expressed by the priority that you highlight at the beginning of one project. So, no, I think uh, it's a nice debate. I will, I will enjoy the end. Well, it's also, I, I, I agree with you that this is an interesting moment uh, where a lot of the kind of investigations that have been done around questions of density or urbanism or uh, performance or, you know, even the formal, you know, all of these explorations now are being used by a new generation to re-enter architecture and to kind of stitch things back together and to you know, bring back the kind of political and, you know, there's this sort of convergence uh, operation that um, a number of really interesting architects and you are amongst them, um, you know, is um, are doing and, and, and I think that we're seeing a new conversation uh, sort of emerge as a result where what we were handed down as, a, you know, either or conditions are no longer possible. It's and, 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 and there's a kind of uh, it doesn't mean that you abandon architecture. On the contrary, you charge it. Uh, and one of the conversations that we've had in, in this series is about this question of practice in terms of how do we practice today and how do we re-enter practice with a sense of agency and, and, and engagement. And, um, and you've been really um, doing that with LAM through your housing projects. And um, so how did you carve... First of all, it's a really interesting name for the practice, right? And um, so you really seem to have carved a kind of trajectory for yourself. And designing practices today is almost part of the project, right? Uh, 
Yeah, so LAN means local architecture network, and the, the, from the beginning the idea is, uh, was to find outside the discipline a number of uh, information that can allow ourselves to read the society or uh, to have a reading on the world or what's happening around us through different doors. And so we, we kind of, we decide from the beginning to work in two levels. One was really the disciplinary level uh, through exploration of forms, techniques or uh, uh, whatever is linked to the tools that we need to build. And then the second level was how I can change the way I see things around me. How this analytic approach, which is really fundamental, is the moment where you generate the question that generate the project, how you can uh, increase or how you can work around it. So LAN was built on that idea to uh, take the maximum, provocate the maximum of exchange with the peoples around us that can help us to see the world in differently and to find the right question from where you, we can build a project. Uh, but then, it's, uh, architecture is complicated. I mean, it's full of doubt. And, uh, and this practice in itself evolves every year. You know, every year I say to myself, okay, now I know how to do. Uh, now I know what I want, where I want to go. And then something happens and I, we reschedule everything. We rechange everything. And this is the funny thing, I think that what's, you know, we just buy our studio and we are working on the project of the studio. So this question of uh, what's the studio, which world you want to create inside your studio, which is the space of creativity, which is the space of techniques, which is this, the, this open field that you don't define and you let it uh, generate potential for something. And I just reread the history of architecture through just the picture of the studios that, uh, or the practice that uh, architects that I like. So I collect them for a year, and it's really funny because um, times are really changed. And you can even not imagine this. Uh, it was until 20 years ago, uh, an architectural practice was like a pyramid. There was these two or one, or uh, there was the, the, like the the architect, and then from that, a number of uh, network that goes down until the the, the, the architect that just draw. Now it's really like a, a, a nebulosa. I, I don't know how you say it in English, but it's uh, it's totally uh, it's a circular system. Uh, where you you need to open a maximum and you need to be fast in the changing because things clients change, so the occasion and the opportunity you have uh, to to build is because sometimes uh, you do that through a, a totally another uh, uh, way than the one we was used than we was uh, uh, educated to. And so the way, for example, private now is uh, it's, it's taking the world. And the problem is how do you take quality in a system where the client has to generate money? And, uh, how, and how your practice has to uh, go fast in certain phase, phases of the project, like preliminary design, now you have less and less time, which means it's the time of research. Uh, but then you have to wait that the guys sell the building and then you have to go back 
And so instead these classical diagrams where you have a team that, that just deal with one project from the beginning to the end, now it's really like a multi-phase animal that has to adapt itself to different conditions. And it's interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting and at the same time I have to say that it's really tiring because it takes a lot of energy. Um, but it's readable too uh, also in the production because this uh, a perfect project is a, is a project where everything goes together, the clients, the site, the architect, uh, the team, etc., etc. And every time there is a priority of one of these lines, the forms change too. The form is an answer to a number of conditions that are around. And, uh, and, and it's, it's a big question. I don't have, honestly, I don't have one answer for that. And I don't like to be dogmatic because it's uh, the very moment we live is about uh, questioning ourselves every day. But it's really interesting, which is the practice we need. For me now, it has to be the most flexible we can. And it has to be more an open system where it's, to, it's in the same time horizontal, but you know exactly where you want to go. And you have to move all those lines to go in that direction. Well, it's, it's really interesting um, because it's bubbling up from the students, actually, that are increasingly interested in this question of designing practices and uh, entrepreneurship and finding alternate modes. And uh, it used to be that alternate modes meant you weren't doing architecture. But now it's, no, it's getting to architecture, but from other means. And and so it's very interesting to, to acknowledge that. Do you think that... Uh, we do enough to um, prepare students to think like that and to be have that level of flexibility? I mean, they, they're very strong in thinking conceptually, but... I don't think so. I, mean, I don't think, and I don't think it's the role of the school, uh, to be clear. We have to teach a lot of things, but the, the, the way you practice architecture, it's uh, related to, one, the, um, how much you know yourself, how much you know the people around you. And, and I don't think there is only one solution. And the solution of the, how you practice, it's really, uh, which is the best way you combine together your quality, the quality of the people around you, the place you, where you are, the culture where you come from, and it's really specific. So whatever you teach to them, it will be just another uh, of these uh, uh, formula that we have. But I think that they have to confront themselves. And not all of them will open a practice. Most of these architects will work in a world where, which is already established. And I like to think that people that design to go in that direction, they are, they are kind of pioneers. And, and what you teach now, probably it will not be updated in five years. So the, the question is what we teach, and this is a big question, is what we have to give, how much qualified we are to give the, the right uh, things. And this is a bit your, uh, your work as a dean to decide which is the orientation of the school. And then as a teacher, you should make every time the balance and say, I will like that part because it's not important. But then you are making a choice. The moment you hide the part of the learning, you make a strong choice, like you are highlighting something else. And this is um, a nightmare, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> this is really like, uh, it's the, this very moment where, uh, I remember when I was a student, there was a teacher that said to me, uh, you know, it's complicated to, to, he said to me, you cannot use, he was, he was uh, himself students of Terragni. Uh, and, and he said to me, you cannot use blue in architecture. 
And sometimes you see things like that. You have to give to them convince basis or something. So you you said words, and then I realized on myself that I have never made a, a blue building, just because every time I'm confronted to that, this dogma come like a stupid things in my head, and so it's really dangerous. And what what, what we have tried to do it's just to first of all give to them the passion which is the base of everything in architecture second you need the curiosity the curiosity to as an archaeologist you have to excavate around you things and you have to discover you have you have to see the world in your own way and 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 you need that and you and as a teacher you have to transmit that like questioning 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 and then kind of part which is the base how you draw um, which is the priority how you make uh, the question of the of beauty is really um, it's really complicated to deal with i mean the, what do you consider did, did you impose to them your own vision of beauty i mean as an architect you have to produce beauty whatever people say at the end uh, your answer to a million of questions that you design has to be is the the fundament of your project they has to express through a form and this form has to generate emotion and this emotion has to be readable to identify how to use this form so it's it's kind of it's necessary and and how do you deal with that with student this is kind of another nightmare so did did you let them they come sometimes in colombia they come from totally another world they come from uh, East, for example, so the, 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 I have four or five Chinese. And, and so the idea of the beauty is related to the culture of each of them. And I don't know, it's... Uh, but curiosity, passion, and then uh, some scientific knowledge that we need. We need to, to know how to deal with forms, because, uh, as Aldo Rossi says, it's the only thing that stays is the, the arms on the fight that architecture has to use. And so... It's, my studio is around that. I don't know what, uh, what what they they take at the end, but it's around that. Well, it sounds to me like uh, a great recipe: curiosity, passion, and a drop of scientific knowledge about beauty and form. Uh, um, so, thank you so much, Umberto. I'm looking forward to seeing the work of the studio, and good luck with uh, all the great work. Thanks. Thank you. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.